the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Enjoy your summer. Summer just started and Independence Day is kind of the official, unofficial, I should say, uh, first day. But I'm really not talking about the season here anyway. I'm talking about the woman from District 12, who somehow, somehow, she's a socialist, got enough votes to become a member of the House of Representatives, Summer Lee. She also got enough votes for this. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, jerks come out of the woodwork whenever there's a 6-3 vote by the Supreme Court. And believe it or not, uh, that only happened 8% of the time during this session. Here's what Summer tweeted about the ruling on student loan forgiveness. Quote, shameful, cruel, and completely illegitimate, unquote. So it's cruel to say that the President of the United States doesn't have the right to wave his hand and make me or you pay back someone else's loan. It's cruel. This is the same person who tweeted this yesterday. Quote, the SCOTUS uh, justices telling us out, uh, selling us out and stripping away our freedoms are unelected with lifetime appointments and no code of ethics, unquote. She actually thinks there's something wrong with judges not being elected. She'd like to have them make decisions based on their campaign promises instead of, you know, the the Constitution. Then there's the ruling in favor of the website creator who refused to design websites for same-sex marriages. That didn't go the way Summer wanted it to. Quote, Today's ruling on 303 creator from this corrupt illegitimate SCOTUS sets a dangerous precedent by allowing businesses to discriminate against LGBTQ plus folks. This disgusting decision is a setback for equality and justice. We cannot keep letting this kangaroo court push us back. Of course, the woman served lots of LGBTQ customers in her website design business, but Summer apparently thinks the police, I guess, you know, should show up and stand over this woman and make her create a website that would make Summer happy. Let's hope she's happy being this week's AM1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week. And when we come back, a Heritage Foundation expert is going to be here to talk about the Supreme Court decisions. And in our second half hour, Adam Angievsky of OpenTheBooks.com on the return of earmarks, and Republicans are the worst at it. Stick around. the pain relief it's natural pain relief that works and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain that's the experience of tens of thousands of americans who are taking relief factor right now see their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just 19.95 that's less than a dollar a day find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today relieffactor.com relieffactor.com be the next success story the angie's list you know and trust is now angie and we're so much more than just a list we still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish so remember angie's list is now angie and we're here to get your job done right get started at angie.com that's a-n-g-i or download the app today 
The IRS is the most powerful collection agency on earth. And if you owe back taxes, the news isn't good. The IRS is raising the interest rate it charges on unpaid taxes. And further rate hikes are expected. Most people don't know it, but the IRS adds interest charges to your tax debts daily. So if you owe the IRS today, you'll owe even more tomorrow. And it doesn't stop until you get right with the IRS. The good news is getting right can start with one phone call to Optima Tax Relief. America's number one tax relief firm. Optima's tax professionals specialize in the Fresh Start Initiative, a powerful IRS program that can save you thousands if you qualify. In fact, the experts at Optima have resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. Call now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. Nefarious, the number one movie on Salem Now. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And it's evil incarnate. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. Nefarious, the Christian movie based on the book by Steve Dace with Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi. Rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Help me! I'm trying to. You have to tell me the truth. Here's what Kirk, Tatum, and Prager say about Nefarious. A modern day of screw tape letters. Teenagers especially should see it. It makes you think about the true nature of evil and scares the heaven right into you. It is a fascinating movie. It's absolutely gripping. Nefarious. Is he insane? Is he pretending? Or something much worse? You should have accepted my offer, James. Nefarious. Rated R. I think it's time we tell you exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating Red. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Supreme Court has ruled that you can't be forced to pay back someone else's loan. The score was 6-3. to three, And if you listen closely, you can still hear liberal heads exploding all over the country. Jonathan Butcher is a senior research fellow in education policy at the Heritage Foundation, and he joins us now. Jonathan, thanks for coming on again. Great to be with you. So uh, do you think Democrats are in an uproar over this because they actually believe uh, that the president, I know that there's no definitive answer to this, but this is my question anyway, uh, do they actually believe that the president has the power to spend billions of dollars without congressional approval or is it just that they need to keep pushing this to get votes because it worked for them before? Well, I think they wanted a different outcome, right? I mean, they wanted yeah. uh, this to be to happen um, for for the the loans to forgive so called forgiveness, right? It's really a a, a transfer of, of responsibility. They wanted that to stand because um, either it comported with what they view as some sort of reparations, or because it was you know, attached, like you said, to some sort of other political objective. But look, the Supreme Court was very clear. They said the Secretary of Education, you know, the Biden administration overreached. I mean, they they created something out of whole cloth. How could people who have been in government, and maybe Joe Biden aside, because we don't know what his mental state is right now, but um, how could people who have been in government all their lives not know that, that it was an overreach? Well, I think they'll decide that the ends justify the means, and when they feel like something is is a good or something that they want, then it doesn't matter how you get there, right? And, you know, that's a part of the, you know, the Supreme Court's responsibility is to say, well, the end doesn't justify the means. You know, we have to play within the rules. The Constitution is there for a purpose, 
and the separation of powers is essential. And uh, this was really a refreshing reminder, right, of uh, why we have uh, the set of powers that we do. Well, you know what stuns me is the number of, again, people who are supposed to be smart, Ivy League educated, as a matter of fact, uh, and who are have been or are st- and still are in government, have been in for a long time, um, they keep referring to the fact that the judges are not elected, as though it would be better to have people serving on that, uh, in that court, on that court who would make decisions based on a campaign promise they made instead of interpreting the Constitution. There are still people who, they're, they're offended by the fact that these people aren't elected. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? Well, I think in one of the opinions, I believe it was Sotomayor, and it, I think it was the opinion related to student loans. Uh, it was one of the remaining three that, that happened these past two days, um, dealing with you know either education or free speech. I believe she actually said that a six-vote you know vote majority you know enacted this opinion. Well, uh, that was unelected, and she used the word unelected. Well, she was unelected too, so she she happens to be unelected and on the court. So there's a bit of confusion, I think, about the significance of of them being not elected. Uh, I think that their attention to the overreach that the administration has done here was uh, was just key. I mean, I think it was very clear that um, both the president and, and the Department of Education had gone well beyond what their authority allowed them to do. I was going to ask you about this later, but you mentioned it. Uh... Um, it, why is it wrong to describe what Joe Biden was trying to do here as forgiving student loans? You mentioned that. Yeah, because, yeah, that's right, because uh, no one, no one's forgiven. They just transfer the responsibility to taxpayers. Two-thirds of Americans do not have a four-year bachelor's degree, and you're asking them, uh, the working class, uh, the lower class, middle class, whatever, upper middle class, you're asking them, to pay for the loans of uh, students who are, you know, going off to be, in some cases, doctors and lawyers, right? I mean, 56% of the money in outstanding student loan debt right now is in graduate school uh, loans. Um, this is, you know, this is not a um, necessarily just loans for students to go to college for, you know, four years or six years more often these days. Uh, this was about graduate student loans, which, you know, it, it, there's a, a vicious cycle here where uh, Washington provides more money for student loans, colleges raise their tuition, and now students are crying out that it's too expensive and calling for it to be transferred onto taxpayers. Um, so there's there's something um, central to the system that has to be changed. The Supreme Court decision is essential, right? It was definitely necessary, but um, not sufficient. I mean, I, it, and it can't be. I think there has to be policy change. Uh, Jonathan Butcher is uh, with us. He's a senior research fellow in education policy at the Heritage Foundation. So where did the president and the Department of Education and so many other Democrats, where did, where did they think they found the authority to cancel the debts of millions of people? So there was something called the HEROES Act that passed uh, not too long after 9-11 in, in 02 or 03, and they said in the case of an emergency, they had the authority to, uh, to, to make, you know, make a policy such as this. Now, it's one thing to put loans on hold, which was incredibly expensive. It was and is incredibly expensive on its own. I mean, it's something like $5 billion a month uh, for taxpayers since it's, you know, the payment of repayment of loans has been suspended uh, under COVID. But, um, you know, it is it is very different to say that you're going to do it, um, you know, it, it, for a an entire class, right, of borrowers. I mean, that's um, that's more than just suspending the loans. I mean, that's, that's a, a piece of policy that the legislature, that Congress would have to approve. So, but who's whose money is out there not being paid back? I, I know it's taxpayers, but I mean, um, is it is it money that would be going into the federal, tre- the, the U.S. Treasury, that it's not going in? Uh, or is the U.S. Treasury sending b- checks to banks to cover the interest on these loans? How is it costing so much money? I mean, where is that money out there floating around? So Washington underwrites more than 90% of student loans out there right now. So yes, it is Washington that is that is cutting the checks that, that's you know that's paying for what's going on and they have a huge share of the loan market. Um, and uh, they have edged out private lenders and that's a part of the distortion of what's going on with student loans right now. So so if I owe I'm a student and I owe $50,000 and I'm not paying it 
that who's waiting for that fifty thousand dollars to be paid back? The government or a bank? Well, uh, the government. Yes, the government. And um, and how did we get to the point where it was a nine that that the government was involved in ninety percent of college loans? Who's responsible yeah, more for than that? 90%, yeah, more than 90%. It, under the Obama administration, uh, they enacted a set of changes to the Higher Education Act and to the student loan program that created what we have now with such a large share of loans being underwritten by Washington. But how, 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 was, that, how was that achieved? Was it done uh, by Congress or fiat by Obama? How did it happen? Yeah, there there were a couple of steps. I mean, part of it had to do um, with uh, part of it had to do with legislation. Part of it had to do with with what the executive was choosing. Um, I mean, look, if you as you scratch the surface of what we're really talking about here, you have to go all the way back to the 1960s when Lyndon Johnson enacted the so-called Great Society programs that got Washington into college loans in the first place. And um, anything that the federal government, you know, anything that they sow as a seed, right, anything that they uh, start as a small program, it only goes one direction. It's mm-hmm. very, very rare for anything that Washington does to actually get smaller or uh, less expensive. <laughs> and is it, are we, uh, first of all, I mean, I, to me, I don't, I don't need to be told this, but apparently a lot of other people uh, do, or they, they've been told and they don't want to hear it, um, that maybe the federal government was never intended to be involved in things like loaning money to college students? That That's just not something the federal government should even be involved in at all, much less 90 per, over 90 percent of them? Well, sure. And there's, you know, there's a carve out here. If, could, part of this also is attached to, like I said, the um, what happened under Johnson's administration. But some of this had to do with the GI Bill, which is really kind of where it all all really began, which, you know, had a purpose, right? You had uh, soldiers coming back from war. They wanted to give them the assistance to get back into the workforce. Now, I think there's a reasonable place for Washington to do that. But, you know, just like with, you know, everything from Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, you start with a certain group of people who are legitimately either in need or it is Washington's responsibility to help. And then it becomes, you know, a set of people who consider themselves in different classes, protected classes that they need Washington's, you know, help or sight with, and that's how you wind up with entitlements. Yeah, and um, it's it's also become a, as we mentioned earlier, it's a really good way to get votes. Uh, I, do you think it was a, a, a factor in the in the 2022 midterms? Uh, just the, making yeah. the promise was enough? Yeah, hard to say. I mean, I think that there are people who oppose this idea, particularly the taxpayers who know what's going on, as well as those people who went to college and paid it off, right? There are people who did that, who went and paid for their own way, uh, either earned money or took out a loan and then paid the loan off. And I think it's those people uh, in particular who, you know, don't see this as anything that's helping them. And as you look towards um, the future, there's a really good question to be asked, and that is, what happens when you have the next class of students? Like, what happens in two years, three years, five years? Are we going to do this again, right? I mean, are we going to let students take or, you know, let people take out, you know, billions of dollars in loans and then just say, well, we're just going to wipe the slate clean again, which it doesn't wipe anything clean. It just passes it on to taxpayers to have to cover it uh, once more. Uh, I th- you think you wrote a piece uh, back uh, a while ago, a few months ago. Um, and in it, you met at for real clear politics. I think it was I saw, um, and I saw in there that students during the pandemic. I, I, I don't remember this or how this worked. Maybe you can explain this. And this is all part of the same stupidity. How were students um, getting checks from colleges during the pandemic? You mentioned in the piece that uh, Penn State students were getting checks for two thousand dollars. Where was that coming from, and what was the point of that? Well, it was a part of the COVID, quote, relief packages. Money went to higher education institutions, and these institutions decided they would give money to their students, um, which it's, they may have had some discretion to do that, but it was a, certainly a strange use of uh, what was supposed to be money to help schools reopen or to help as um, students were recovering from, you know, whatever setbacks the pandemic, you know, had caused for them. The, the issue with COVID spending today 
is that um, in education, really, at least as of a couple of months ago, only about half of the money that was sent to K-12 schools in particular had actually been spent. So they're holding on to this money still. They have several more years that they can use to spend it. And very few people, including government regulators, are actually watching anymore. And so the potential that this money is going to be misused is very, very high. Um, There was a significant story about uh, fraud in uh, school meal programs out of uh, Minnesota that was attached to COVID, again, so-called relief money um, that happened. And it was a a massive fraud that that took place there. And, And I think... I think we're going to hear reports of more of this, um, and there has been coverage even outside of education uh, as well. Yeah, I, I saw a story at the Daily Signal um, by your colleagues there. That's the uh, the, the the magazine uh, produced published by the Heritage Foundation, and it said that there's a it says that there's a plan that that Biden and the administration they they already have a plan because I don't think they ever thought they had a chance of winning this. So they, they, we should expect that they have some kind of a, a plan waiting, and they're just not going to walk away from this. Right. It's going to be attached to income-based repayment plans, and they're going to, they've already said that they've lowered the amount that can be paid back from, um, as a share of your income from 10% to 5%. Um, you know, even, even before this, um, by, just by, you know, uh, fiat or by, by so-called rule, although they didn't go through the rulemaking process, they said that individuals with special needs um, in, in many cases don't have to pay back loans. Uh, individuals working for public uh, institutions don't have to pay back loans in, in many cases. Um, so they're sort of, even leading up to this decision, they've been looking for pockets of, of students that have loans who they can claim have a duress that would prevent them from paying back money that they borrowed. Um, and look, there, there's no question that, I mean, people face different obstacles, and I, I certainly have sympathy for that. But just because someone is facing an obstacle or just because you, you, know, you took out a loan and now you're finding it very hard to pay it back, it doesn't mean taxpayers should be the ones responsible, right? Yeah, I, and here, I just, uh, you know, again, I've got a couple minutes left here. That I, I just, all over uh, Twitter, you can see people, uh, Democrats, liberals uh, reacting to this. And here's here's a, a simple one from Hillary Clinton. A Republican president could stack the Supreme Court. Oh, she wrote this. She wrote this in, in uh, this is a tweet from, I'm just noticing it now. This is a tweet from January 12th of 16. A Republican president could stack the Supreme Court with justices who will rip away all the progress we've made. So that's what they were afraid of way back in, in, uh, in 16. But they are now saying that, uh, you know, st- uh, I saw uh, somebody, I forget who it was, I just saw a minute ago, um, said um, that they should uh, stack the court. And this isn't surprising either, is it, that that's their response to this? Well, it's funny that when a Republican president uh, appoints justices to the Supreme Court when there are vacancies, it's called stacking the court. But when a Democrat <laughs> appoints, you know, justices to the Supreme yeah. Court, I suppose it's some sort of legitimate, you know, act. Uh, I mean, I think they're just this. That's the that kind of response. I think is the response from someone who's um, you know is, is hates losing and, and doesn't, doesn't a poor doesn't sport that they've lost. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, being a right. poor sport. I, I saw this from Howard Feynman, who's uh, who I, I know as a good guy, as a Pittsburgh guy, and I only have a minute left. But just real quick, this is what he tweeted: "Standing and precedent sound like arcane concepts, but are the guts of how our courts work." Standing means a ripe issue between parties with a real interest in the result. Precedent, respect for previous decisions. The Supreme Court just shredded procedure and history. You buying that? Not at all. I think they pointed exactly to uh, what law says and what the responsibilities of the executive branch are. And I think they rested very firmly on not just prior cases, but also on what the Constitution says about what um, the executive branch and its uh, departments are allowed to do. And president isn't always forever anyway, is it? No, it can be overturned, especially when it's found that it, it does, in fact, violate the Constitution. Plessy versus Ferguson is one right. that came up just this week, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad they did what they did, and I, nothing that's happening in the aftermath is surprising me, uh, but I'm glad to have you on to help us uh, interpret some of this insanity, and I hope to have you on again. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Okay, that uh, we'll be right back. That, by the way, was Jonathan Butcher, Butcher, Senior uh, Research Fellow in Education at the Heritage Foundation. I'm John Scott, a Christian graphic artist who wants to design wedding websites, can refuse to work with same-sex couples. That's according to a 6-3 decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. It's a defeat for gay activists who have succeeded in getting anti-discrimination laws passed in many states and cities. President Biden says the fight is not over after the Supreme Court kills his student debt relief plan. In a 6-3 decision, the high court blocked the president's plan to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt. The conservative majority ruled that Mr. Biden overstepped his executive authority. Consumers barely increased their spending last month, boosting it up just one-tenth percent after a solid six-tenth percent gain in April. The inflation index shows that prices rose 3.8 percent in May from 12 months earlier. This is SRN News. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. You listen to them every day. Now you have the chance to meet one of our incomparable Salem program hosts face-to-face. Enter the Terrific Talkers VIP experience. The grand prize winner gets to choose which of our 20 radio, TV, and podcast hosts they'd like to meet. Even sit in on the program. Includes airfare, three nights hotel, and more. 20 program hosts. One amazing opportunity. Sponsored by Save the Storks. Register to win now at TheAnswerPGH.com. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it when we say dogs are part of our family and there's nothing like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, because we want them to feel healthy and be with us as long as possible. I know Charlie Kirk feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. I rely on my trusted furry friend, Mr. Briggs, who's an absolute machine, and he relies on me to provide what's best for him. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed Rough Greens, not a dog food, but a supplement full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, and omega oils that Mr. Briggs absolutely needs and loves. Trying Rough Greens for your dog just makes sense. Greetings, naturopathy Dr. Dennis Black here. I'm honored that the Pragers and Charlie trust their dog's health to Rough Green. I'm so confident that Rough Green can help your dog too that I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, dog food is dead food, but it doesn't have to be. Go to RUFFgreens.com. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Air quality alert remains in effect. Partly cloudy tonight and humid with a thunderstorm in the area. Air quality will be unhealthy for sensitive groups. The low 65. Variable cloudiness tomorrow. A thunderstorm or two. It'll be humid. Once again, air quality will be unhealthy for sensitive groups. The high 84. Variable cloudiness Sunday with a couple of heavy thunderstorms. They can be strong, maybe severe. It'll be humid with a high of 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250. The Answer.
Well, the Supreme Court uh, saved taxpayers lots of money today. It ruled that the president can't forgive loans to millions of college students. That's a pretty amazing concept, I guess. Um, People who borrowed money are going to have to pay it back. That doesn't mean, though, that the federal government will not find lots of other ways to waste your money. Adam Andrzejewski knows that better than anybody. He's the founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. He joins us now. Always good to have you on. Thanks for coming back, Adam. Well, thanks, John. Thanks for having me back. So you're calling it the return of the swamp creatures. Uh, Had they ever left? (laughs) Well, it's earmarks, and earmarks are the currency of corruption in Congress. It's the earmark favor factory. It's sleaze. It's log rolling. It's pork. It's it's pet projects, you know, doled out to members of Congress to put their votes, legal bribery on these big omnibus spending bills. So just six months ago, it was $16 billion worth of these oinkers. It was 7,509 of them, and they returned because of Republicans. Speaker McCarthy let his caucus, the Republican caucus, have a secret vote where 158 Republicans in the House voted to bring back earmarks to join Pelosi Democrats on a way to spend your tax dollars. Look, we're calling for an up or down vote in the House. McCarthy's got to introduce a resolution on earmarks in the well of the House, with all the sunshine on it, we need to know who's in and who's out when it comes to the spending of our taxpayer money. Um, how were they able to have a secret vote on this? I mean, how, how was it not made public? So they just changed the rules. So for 10 years, there was a ban. You know, back in 2010, it was the legendary U.S. Senator from Oklahoma, Dr. Tom Coburn, partnering with then-President Barack Obama, and they got it done. And public opinion polls at the time showed that 80% of Democrats were against earmarks. 90% of Republicans were against earmarks. And then a decade goes past, and everyone forgets the corruption. I mean, you had a bona fide fighter pilot ace in Vietnam, Randy Duke Cunningham. He was a Republican, and he ends up being one of the most corrupt members of Congress. He was eventually convicted, spent time in the penitentiary, for $2.4 million worth of bribes. Other bribes included a yacht, a Rolls Royce, and a Louis Philippe commode. (laughs) Well, but the Republicans, um, not only did they vote to bring them back, but now, uh, according to your website, they are now worse than the Democrats at at using them and spending the money, the earmarks. Well, seven out of the top ten were actually Republican members of Congress, they earmarked incredibly. One out of every five earmarks in total came from five Republicans, six in the Senate and one in the House. They earmarked $3.1 billion, those seven individuals, out of $16 billion in earmarks just by themselves. And so, look, you've got, you've got the retiring U.S. Senator Roy Blunt from Missouri. He actually earmarked $91 million into two buildings. One building at the University of Missouri, the Roy Blunt Science Building, they named it after him in 2021. And then one building was at Missouri State University's alma mater. Two weeks before the vote, they, re- they renamed a building from Temple Hall to Roy Blunt Hall, and he-, he earmarked them $30 million. So all told, into his two named buildings at these two universities, $91 million of your taxpayer money. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing, and um, apparently, um, it's um, it's I guess retiring senators, and maybe it's congressmen too, but retiring members of Congress are the most dangerous when it comes to this stuff. You know, I think they should institute a rule banning. Like, if you're retiring, you can't in a lame duck session go hog wild on earmarks, and that's exactly what happened. Republicans and Democrats. You had the two retiring appropriations chairs in the United States Senate, Patrick Leahy, the Democrat, and Richard Shelby, the Republican, and they earmarked between them $80 million to the universities, the University of Vermont, the University of Alabama. These universities were hosting their Senate archives. They earmarked them $80 million. That's not a, that's not a small amount of money. No, you had you had four members of Congress, three Democrats and one Republican that earmarked a total of six million dollars 
into institutions that employ their wives, either as professors or in executive positions. So it's good to have uh, someone working for your institution uh, who's married to a congressman or a senator. <laughs> yeah, you get a big fat earmark. And then, and then you know, there's the nepotism. So you had the retiring member of Congress, Cooper. He was out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. His brother is the mayor of Metro Nashville. He earmarks his brother $2.7 million into Metro Nash- Nashville before he retires. Amazing. We're talking to Adam Andrzejewski. Uh He's the founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. You can find uh, this stuff at OpenTheBooks.com. And you have a map there at the website to make it easy for people to see where uh, the money went and how much of it went there. Yeah, so if you click on Pennsylvania on the state capitol, if you scroll down to the chart beneath the map, what you'll find is a half million dollars went for AstroTurf on a minor league ball field in a small town. You got $3 million that went into Pittsburgh expressly. This film director is quoted as saying that she wants to make Pittsburgh the center of movies and television. She wants to make she wants to turn Pittsburgh into Hollywood. <laughs> and she got $3 million. $3 million of your taxpayer money. $2 million went to a nonprofit in Baltimore, Maryland, called the Great Blacks and Wax Museum. And six months before the $2 million earmark came through, they ensconced the sponsoring congressman with a wax statue. Adam, Congress th- literally went nuts. But, There's well, a one million dollar earmark for the macadamia nut in Hawaii. Yeah, I saw. John, I was going I, 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 I to tell you, I was glad to see that the macadamia nut <laughs> institute got a million dollars. Seriously, so we looked up the macadamia nut. Yeah. You know, we didn't know how much of a market there was for those things. It's ranked 87th on the ag products list, right up there next to mink pelts. You know, mink is that furry creature running around yeah. by trappers yeah. because they want to turn their coats into luxury items for rich women. And so, uh, but where, it's, it's one thing for uh, for somebody in Hawaii, some representative in Hawaii somehow managed to get a million dollars for the Macadamia Nut Institute. <laughs> but um, is, it just, is it just a matter of, of, of people in both houses just taking turns, stealing money, and so nobody nobody wants to um, get in the way of anybody else getting their earmarks out there, so nobody's ever stopped? Is it? Yeah, Republicans are making the claim that they want to be able to spend taxpayer money at their direction rather than at the bureaucracy's direction. So, for instance, you've got you know, Byron Donalds in uh, Naples, Florida. He earmarked $5 million dollars into the Naples local septic project. Yeah. Okay, this was phase two. Phase one was paid for locally by residents in Naples, Florida, where the average home price is six hundred grand. They can pay their own way. Phase two, five million, is paid for on our national debt, because every dime is borrowed. And the Democrats get this. So phase two of the extension of the Michelle Obama Trail in Atlanta, Georgia. Phase one was paid for by the local county. Phase two, three point six million. It's paid for by you and I. Um, and so, how much of this money being spent all over the country is coming from people here in Western PA? All of it. Yeah. All of us have a stake in every dime being spent, right? Yeah. So the one million dollar stairway, not to heaven, but to the beach in Mundo Cove, California. You guys got a stake in that. I've got a stake in that out of Illinois. All of us have a stake in it. The $3 million that went on an earmark to Columbia University and Ivy League College with a $13 billion endowment, all of us are paying for that. Well, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's stunning, actually. Um, and I, I just, it, how do you stop it? We need to raise our voice. We've been talking about this for as long as I've been alive. We need to raise our voice. And this weekend, John, we need to declare our independence from earmarks and insist that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have an up or down vote in the well of the U.S. House 
We need to know who's in and who's out, Republicans and Democrats, on the record when it comes to the spending, when it comes to, you know, using earmarks to spend our money. Well, it says here on your uh, the, the message I got from you guys, uh, Congress earmarked a mind-boggling six billion twelve million two hundred and seventy-two thousand five hundred and sixty-five dollars for seven thousand five hundred and nine pet projects in the Consolidated Appropriations Act 2023, signed by President Joe Biden. So it's all done legally, and it's uh, it's nobody's breaking any laws, right? That's right. Yeah, it's a it's a legal mechanism to transfer your hard earned tax dollars to the special interest and not the public interest. And look, John, it's getting a lot worse. We took a look today at U.S. Senator Susan Collins, the Republican from Maine. She was one of the biggest earmarkers six months ago. She did about three hundred million dollars worth of earmarks into Maine. She just put forth her request for 2024. She's asking for five hundred million and. Angus King, the Democrat from Maine, the U.S. Senator, he's asking for $900 million. He saw what she did last time. Now he's trying to get it on the act. And, and you have, uh, and by the way, I love doing this on a Friday because I know that people who are riding home from work right now listening to this are happy to know that the week that they just spent working, uh, some of it uh, was gone, uh, all, all of it actually in some way or another, it goes into the pile for for our federal tax income and uh, income tax, and so they all paid for this. If you're riding in your car home from work right now, you paid for this. Not not just you paid for it. You know, maybe it was only one minute that you worked today, but it was it was done to pay for the Macadamia Nut Institute. You know, that's why it's it drives me crazy. Absolutely, and you know, people forgot that. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Republicans and Democrats in Congress, they were going to jail over their earmark corruption. And look, it's they're going hog wild for earmarks again. It just started again. The swamp creature returned and they're already racking up all kinds of stories that we can talk about on your radio program, John. It's obviously too easy. And, they're, and, and I blame the media for not holding holding them to account. Yourself not included, of course, because you try with this all the time, and you you have it out there for anybody in the media who might want to look at it. And they're, they're, this is to me, it's a gigantic story. And you have a, a something new out today about the White House payroll. What's that all about? So uh, every July first, the White House is mandated by Congress by law to disclose their payroll, who works for them, and again, the Joe Biden payroll is one of the most bloated in all of history. He's He's rivaling his own record that he sent his, set his first year. His first year, he had 560 staffers. No one had ever cracked 500. This year, he just disclosed 525 staffers. So, again, it's a fat payroll at the Biden administration. <laughs> uh, and you are, are going to be able to um, uh, list who some of these people are, what they do, and how much money they make? Yeah, uh, look, it's... You know, we've also compared the first lady's headcount. So Jill Biden is now at 20 staffers, and she's rivaling Michelle Obama, who topped out at 24 and caught all kinds of heat for all the social secretary schedulers, you know, policy, quote-unquote, experts that were working with her. Jill Biden is following right down the same path as Michelle Obama. And these people all have expense accounts, I'm sure. It's yeah, not just their salary that. we're paying. We're, we're, you know, they're they're also having nice lunches here and there around Washington and 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 claiming it as you know a, a business lunch. Well, the number of policy czars under Biden has also spiked year over year from ninety one to about one hundred and fourteen. So look, there's czars, there's expensive staffers on the first lady's payroll. There's a headcount over five hundred for the first time in history. Like, this is a leading indicator. The president's being very honest. He wants to spend a lot of your tax dollars, not only on his own payroll, but in his budget. The spending is out of control and at all-time highs. Now, i got to ask you, i only got a couple of minutes left here with Adam Angievsky of uh, OpenTheBooks.com. Um, do you have to go around Washington wearing a disguise? Because, or do they, <laughs> do they ever see you coming because... This stuff is out there. You and I are talking about it. Uh, some of it is made public, not nearly enough, obviously. 
But you keep turning this stuff, uh, being able to uh, get this stuff out there. How is it that uh, you were able to walk around Washington without people tailing you and you wondering what was going to happen to you? Well, it's a blessing to have the last name of Angievsky. Yeah, they're never going to spell that one. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's uh, we're like a skunk at a garden party. And <laughs> if you're an elected official, you don't want to meet me. You don't want to talk to me. You don't want to get on our radar. So they just stay away from us. But seriously, do they do they see you coming? To, are, there, are there people in Congress who by now, when they see you or see the people who work with you and for you at uh, openthebooks.com, that they r- run and hide? Do they know what you're up to? Well, look, we've got a good friend in the United States Senate. Her name is Joni Ernst. Mm-hmm. She's the junior senator from Iowa. And she just wrote the Senate piece of legislation that would disarm the IRS. And this was on the heels of our big disclosure. We talked about it on your program. Yeah. The $35 million worth of guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment since 2006 purchased by the IRS. We're running the petition right now on our website to put grassroots support behind the legislation to disarm the IRS. So just come to our website, click the petition t- tab, sign our petition. Let's back the let's back the initiative to separate the tax man from the law enforcement man. But but whatever you do, don't make sure you spare the macadamia nut institute. I don't want to see them have to be scrimping and, you know, for money this year. I want to make sure they're they're well funded. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam, Adam, I'm out of time. It's Adam, A-N-D-R-Z-E-J-E-W-S-K-I, which I spell phonetically every time. Adam Angievsky, you do great work, one of my favorite guests. Glad to have you back on again from OpenTheBooks.com. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me on. All right, thanks, Adam. We'll be right back. I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JND Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And... By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1 800 Very Dry. JD Waterproofing. 1 800 Very Dry. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids 
by visiting starlight.org today. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, it's been a uh, pretty interesting week, I'd say. Supreme Court made sure of that. Um, this is why it was a really good thing that Donald Trump got elected in 2016. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of what, what would we be doing without a conservative Supreme Court? Uh, when you think of all the things that have happened just in the last year with abortion, uh, what's, what has happened with gun rights, what has happened uh, with this uh, college loan uh, situation, um, and it's I, I just don't think it's that complicated. I, I just don't understand how there can be, as I was, I was talking to Jonathan Butcher about this, I, I don't understand how there can be that many stupid people working in government and having worked there for so long. And there's some new people like uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Summer Lee, who uh, was honored with the Jerk of the Week Award uh, just a little while ago. Uh, they they think that the, that the Supreme Court is supposed to care about people's feelings or what's fair or, you know, what would help the most people. And what they don't understand is that it's not a democracy. It's not the majority rule. And when you have people um, like Summer Lee, who's, a, who's a, a black woman, thinking that it should be all based on elections and, who's, and, and, and uh, who votes for what, what would happen if the majority, still the majority of the people in the country are white? That's like seventy percent or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I may be a little high. But anyway, it's it's high. What if they decided to have a referendum in the South back in the early nineteen sixties and said, uh, "How do you like? How do you feel about this Civil Rights Act? We're going to allow black people to uh, uh, ride on buses, go to school with white kids, sit at the counter in restaurants." Let's have a referendum on it and vote. Well, you don't. They didn't do it that way. The Supreme Court ruled that they had no nobody. The law, the government didn't have the right to prevent them from doing those kinds of things. They were judges. I'll talk to you on Monday. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.